0: Because Christ lives, we too shall live forever through faith in him. Amen. The word of God we want to consider today is the, is our epistle reading for this past Sunday, which was the last Sunday of the church year, the last Sunday of end times, Christ the King Sunday. It's from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 20 to 28, Paul's, from Paul's resurrection chapter where Paul was inspired by God to write, But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in his own turn, Christ the firstfruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death, for he has put everything under his feet. Now, when it says that everything has been put under him, it is clear that this does not include God himself who put everything under Christ. When he has done this, then the Son himself will be made subject to him who put everything under him so that God may be all in all. My dear friends in Christ, Paul says here, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. Christ is the firstfruits because although christ did raise others from the dead before his resurrection christ was the first one to rise from the dead with a glorified body that would never die again there were others that jesus raised from the dead there were others that were raised back in old testament times but jesus was the first one that died never to die again all of those other ones they died again but jesus the first fruits from the dead the first to rise with a glorified body never to die again and because the holy spirit has worked faith in our hearts we're going to follow the savior one day it will happen for us that we'll be raised given glorified bodies never to face death ever again. It's all because of Christ. And see, because of his victory, that's why we can think about death as being just simply a sleep from which we will awaken on the last day. Paul said, for since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. That man is Jesus, the God-man, and because he is the God-man, his death and his resurrection, it's of such tremendous value that it's able to pay for the sins of the world so that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And that means, of course, that no one really has to suffer the consequences of eternal death. Paul said, for as in Adam all die." So in Christ, all will be made alive. All who have died will be raised on the last day. No one will miss out on it. No one will escape. No one will be overlooked. But of course, there will be no blessing for those who died denying Christ, rejecting Christ. What will happen to them on the last day is their bodies will be raised, but not glorified. Their not glorified bodies will be united with their with their souls to face eternal death, eternal punishment. Paul said, then after all the dead have been raised, the end will come. When Christ hands over the kingdom to God the Father, after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. That will be the end of the godless, sinful rule or perceived rule of mankind over this planet. Christ, who is ruling in our hearts right now by faith in the hearts of believers what he'll do is he'll topple those who sinfully think that they are authorities in this world and then what Christ will do is he will turn over all those authorities the kingdom to his heavenly father to the one who sent him to accomplish the salvation of souls accomplish the salvation of the world to establish Christ's kingdom that is the church all true believers the Holy Christian Church every enemy of God and his people even the last great enemy death it says here will have been overcome and will have been put under Christ's feet and with Christ's mission accomplished with it completed well what the son will do he says is he'll turn over that kingdom to god the father and he will reign with god the father and god the holy spirit eternally over that kingdom paul says now when it says that everything will be put under christ's feet it is clear that this does not include christ himself who put everything under christ when he has done this then the Son himself will be made subject to him who put everything under him so that God may be all in all." This is a confusing passage. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, they're all three equal persons in the one Trinity, the one God in which we believe. However, as the God-man, Jesus who took upon himself our human flesh and blood and became one of us, became the God-man, 100% true God, 100% true man. What Jesus could do and did do is place himself under the Father when he humbled himself and came into this world to be our Savior. Jesus, he was sent by the Father. Jesus will be made subject to the father in the sense that administratively after Christ subjects all things to himself, to his own power, well then what Christ will do is he will turn all things over to the father who would be the administrative head. So Jesus could say here, I and the father are one, meaning that they are equal, And yet at the same time, he could also say, the Father is greater than I. Both are true, and both are part of the mystery and the wonder of the Trinity and of the God-man, Jesus Christ, which we, by the grace of God, believe in. There was a Christian who had a secret dread of dying and he was constantly praying to God for relief, relief from that that fear, that disturbing fear. One night while he happened to be walking past a graveyard, his prayer was answered. He saw this little girl entering the gate of the cemetery and so he asked her, Don't you dread crossing the cemetery alone, especially when it's so dark? Afraid? asked the little girl. Oh no, my home is on the other side. And when she said that, the man whispered to himself, I see now, Lord, I don't need to fear, for the grim valley is but a momentary shadow. My blessed home is just beyond. The gloomy thought of dying was lifted from his heart and the source of his joy and the source of his relief, the source of his joy, the source of our joy is our Savior and our King, the one who accomplished the victory for us. Now we live in a sinful world. And we face the results of living in a sinful world with all of its problems and troubles, with all of its aches and pains. But we have the God-man, Jesus, our Savior and our King, who's ruling in our hearts right now and in whose kingdom we're going to live and reign with Christ forever. So let's always remember that for us, as believing children of God, the best is yet to come. But because the source of our joy is our Savior and our King, well, we are so blessed right now because we have him with us. We have his help. We have his strength. We have his grace and love and forgiveness. come for us believing children of God amen let's pray Lord God Heavenly Father we know that we are sinners and we do deserve nothing but eternal punishment but we also know that Jesus lived and died for us and paid for all our sins and won for us heaven and because of that we know we're blessed now as your believing children but we're also blessed to know that the best is yet to come. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. We pray in your name. Amen. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you always.